COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From a spooky place just this side of nowhere, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring ghost hunter Greg Thakenik. And now, Freddy Krueger's best friends, Ken Borsnick and Ted Klopp. Ted, back again on one of the most important days for many young children, the week of Halloween. Ken Dworsnick, Ted Klopp, another edition of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Ted, what are the costumes that we're looking at for our children this year? What do we have? I am not sure. I can tell you that my wife has told our kids that they're not getting any new costumes because we have so many, they will need to pick from what's already on hand. Oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My son's a dinosaur and my daughter is going to be a queen. So that I should be fun. A dinosaur and a queen. I think my one son is going to be wants to be a hockey player or a hockey goalie. But oh, fun! That's that, cool. You know, Very beyond cool. that, I'm not sure. How about you? Will you dress up? Do you dress up with the kids? I'm going to be a middle-aged man. That's what I'm going as this yep. year again. Yep, that seems to work for me each yeah. year. We have dressed up in the past. There was one year when Erica and I dressed up as Donald and Daisy Duck. Oh, very nice. And the kids were small enough that we could control them, but now we just try to keep up. Yeah, I understand that. Now, I do have a story. We went to a Cub Scout event this past weekend, and they have different stations. It's called Cub Haunted, and you go to this reservation, and there's all kinds of different activities that are either themed for Halloween or just Cub Scout scouting-type activities. Okay. Among the activities, they have wrist rockets, which is like a slingshot. They have archery. Fun. And they have BB gun shooting. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Cool. So for the first time this year, our youngest son got to do the BB gun shooting. The two older boys have done it before, and they, I don't know, they're, they're okay for their age. They do a good job. So youngest son, six years old, beyond excited about being able to try the BB guns. And these are, it's like a, it looks like a rifle. You got to pull it out to cock it and then shoot it. And... He's just going on, and he's so excited that, like, whatever's in his brain is coming out his mouth. It's just we're getting the, the stream of consciousness. You know, oh, my goodness. Oh, he shot it. Blah, 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 blah. So he's very excited. So after you shoot, everybody puts their guns down, and you can go down on the range and pull your piece of paper, your target, to see how you did. Okay. Or they finish shooting, and they head down to the target, and I happen to look up. And my youngest son is standing in front of the target with his head down, screaming and bawling, just beside himself. Oh, my. He did not hit the target one time. Okay. He has lost all purpose for life at this point. And he is just devastated. So it's to the point where my wife has to ask permission to go down on the range to retrieve him because he's just standing there with his head down. So she gets him out, and we're trying to get him to head to the next event, and he stops, 
and he grabs a handful of grass and he's holding it in his fist and he says, Mommy, this is my happiness. And then he opens his hand and all the grass falls out and he says, I have none. Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and as a parent, you're feeling bad, but this is the greatest metaphor I've ever heard from a six-year-old. That is outstanding. So That is absolutely classic. So that was the BB guns. He didn't hit anything at the wrist rockets, but my oldest son didn't either. My middle son did okay. By the time we got to archery, he was able to get a couple arrows to stick in the target. So we were we were good by that point. That's outstanding. Did the other two, were they successful with the archery? Is that why he was so upset too? Or The archery was the last thing we did. He was okay. just upset that he didn't hit anything at the BB gun. But oh. I will tell you, my oldest son, who uses absolutely no proper technique for archery, hit two bullseyes. Holy cow. Good Two bullseyes. You. That's awesome. Yeah. Shocking. You better watch yourself at home, man. Well, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to discipline you. Oh, yeah? Stand oh, there. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. Yeah, right. That's hilarious. Uh, any uh, good kid stories for you this week? No, my daughter had her last soccer game. She's gotten better each week, so that's been very exciting. She's very competitive. My son finished up cross country, so that's kind of wind down and now we're moving to uh, strictly Taekwondo. So mm -hmm. I need to make sure I defend myself at home. When they <laughs> yeah, I got to look out for arrows. You got to look out for flying feet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, coming up on the show, Ken, we talked about Halloween. So what better week to have a ghost hunter on? We oh. are going to talk to a paranormal investigator to try to find out, do ghosts exist? What do they do? And all that kind of stuff. Miss Speak of the Week now, and with less than a week to go before the election, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden seems to have forgotten who he's running against. At least that's what it sounded like during a virtual fundraiser. The character of the country, in my view, is literally on the ballot. What kind of country we're going to be? Four more years of George... Uh, Georgia, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. <clears throat> Mr. Biden's opponent is President Donald J. Trump. That is the misspeak of the week. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be Heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 
to get started. Blah 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 blah. Our guest today is a professional ghost hunter, a paranormal investigator. He has investigated some of the most haunted places in Cleveland and Ohio. Let's talk with Greg Faketic. Greg, welcome, and uh, I guess maybe I should say boo. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time, Greg. Let's start with paranormal investigator, ghost hunter. There's lots of TV shows that talk about this, and there's some reality shows. Explain what a ghost hunter is, what a ghost hunter does, that kind of thing. We just go investigate claims of the unknown. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's ghosts or spirits from beyond the grave that are causing some of this stuff. It could be anything that are unknown to people that they can't figure out. That's what I do. Now, there's other ones who will actually go out and try to search for ghosts and proof of the afterlife. So it just depends on who is doing the definition. What are some of the areas around the Cleveland area that you've gone to where people are like, hey, I think some paranormal activity is going on? We've been to um, a few restaurants, lounges, bars, private homes. It's surprising how many people believe that their business or home is haunted. Now, when you are called to a place, you might observe some paranormal activity. We see videos that are posted online, but is there other evidence that you can talk about that is evidence that there are ghosts or paranormal activity that you see that you can talk about? Most of the time, it's not like it is on TV shows where, you know, stuff constantly happens. You, you don't capture apparitions or anything like that or door slamming. That does happen, but it's on rare occasions. The most common type of evidence that we capture are what's called EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. And uh, we do have one that it almost makes me believe that there is proof of an afterlife. There was this one home that we did in Parma, Ohio. They had crazy stuff going on in the home. Footsteps, rocking chairs would rock on their own, shadows, doors shutting, voices, the whole gamut of paranormal activity. And actually, when we were in that house, I did not like it. Sometimes you get these feelings, these electrically charged feelings, and I felt that there. In fact, I wanted to run out of the house screaming. It was so intense for me. Wow. We captured this one video clip. A couple of our investigators were up in a bedroom. Something fell behind them. And then one of the investigators was actually shoved from behind. And you, you see this on the video. They got up, was trying to figure out what had fallen. Well, during the video, there's this old man's voice. And it was just like he was standing there in the room, and he just says, how's it going? Clear as day. Huh. And we brought this to our client. And understand, they did not hear this at the time. And when I heard it, I'm like, there's no way. It's got to be them, and, or it's got to be somebody outside. But we tried to debunk, debunk it, but we couldn't. So we brought this clip to our client, and she said that, my grandfather used to always say, how's it going? It was just a catchphrase of his. Hmm. So we brought this to her 
uncle and her mother, and they were both able to identify the voice as their deceased father. Wow. Once we figured out what was going on, we basically said, hey, they know you're here, they know you're watching over them, but you're scaring them, so please stop. That was back in 2007, and they haven't had a problem since. How do you communicate with a ghost? You just talk and uh, hope they listen? Yeah, pretty much in a nutshell, yeah. You know, you try to talk with them like you would talk with a normal person. You know, and a lot, lot of people use a bunch of different devices. Everything from dowsing rods, pendulums, EMF detectors, ghost box, ghost radars, uh, portals. There's a wide gamut of equipment that people will use for paranormal investigating. And it's just asking questions and see if you get any reaction from the equipment or audio devices, see if you capture any voices. So when it comes to the equipment that you have, does it change based on some of the information you get from a perspective people that say, hey, I'm experiencing this paranormal type of activity? Do you have different equipment for different situations or is everything pretty much cut and dry? Everything is pretty much cut and dry. I don't like to use a lot of that equipment. Because it's man-made equipment. You know, just because you get a device where the lights go off or the, you know, the alarms go off and stuff like that, for me, that's no proof that it's paranormal or it's a spirit or ghost from the other side. I, I need more facts, and I don't jump to conclusions about, oh, that was definitely paranormal. Is there a time frame that you guys go? We'll go one night, not spending the whole night, and... A lot of times we can actually figure out what's going on. Uh, we actually had one home where there was a carbon monoxide leak. Now, we, we did have a case that we were working on up in Sandusky where it was a haunted apartment. And they sent me some evidence. I don't think it was faked. It was basically door slamming. When we went there, talking with uh, the people that lived there, all of us thought that they were very sincere. And the activity was so intense, not while we were there, but what they were experiencing. But it was so intense for them that they actually moved out. Wow. Huh. Wow. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe that there's things that are going on that we can't explain. I, I don't know if there's proof of an afterlife. I need 100% proof for me before sure. I will say that's de definite. Greg, if this is something, like, let's say... Myself as an example, and I really have an interest in doing this and, and working with a group. How do I get started if I want to be a part of something like this? The first thing I, I would suggest if people want to do this, you, you can join a group, you know, just search group groups in, in the area that, that you live. But prior to that, too, you might want to go see if you actually enjoy it. It does get boring. You may be at a place for hours nothing happening. So let's say you're at a place for eight hours and you have four video cameras running and all this audio equipment. Now you have to go back and review all that. That means watching 32 hours of video, different areas. You may have to watch eight hours of one room and look at the wall for eight hours, you know, listening for something or looking for something that's probably not going to be there. But I always suggest people go someplace, go someplace that's haunted, go to a haunted bed and breakfast, a haunted inn, stay in a haunted room, do a public ghost hunt at like the Ohio State Reformatory. I run the private ghost hunts there. You can go to our website, www.mrps.org, and it'll have all the dates where, where there's public ghost hunts. And if you've never done this before, 
it's a great way to learn what it's like because we do have a lot of volunteers that will be there to help people who are new to this. Now, you mentioned the Ohio State Reformatory, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. But for those who aren't, the most famous thing it's noted for is it's the prison that was in the Shawshank Redemption and things like that. It's a wonderful, uh, amazing looking old building. It was also in, it was used for Air Force One. So what activity of paranormal nature have you observed at the Ohio State Reformatory? There's crazy stuff that go on there. We've been hearing a lot of disembodied voices lately. As an example, Monday night, there were only four of us in the whole prison. And we were down in the area of solitary confinement. And it was like a man's voice that said, hey, you. It was very, very clear. And it's like our hair stood up and like, whoa, did you just hear that? There were just two of us in the whole prison. And uh, we were up in the West Attic, which is extremely active. And as we were up there, we heard a sounded like a woman's voice yelling and talking dot down at the end of the attic. And understand there's only two of us in there. There's nobody else in the whole building. So you get a lot of disembodied voices, footsteps, apparitions, shadows. It seems lately people have been physically attacked, punched or kicked or scratched. Wow. How do you guys decide? How many people are going to be in a certain situation? For public hunts, there, there can be upwards of 100 people. But the building's 250,000 square feet. So, you know, you are going to come across other people. And stuff does happen. I've been on tour groups where there's 10 people. And an apparition has actually split up a tour group. There, there's this one thing. It's called a ghost walk. It's a two-hour guided tour. And, in fact, my wife and I are headed there tonight to do some ghost walks. And uh, my wife was leading one. This was just back in August. And she had 10 people in her group. They're all in single file. And they were going from the sixth tier down to the fourth tier. And they're supposed to follow her. Well, four people followed her. The other six followed somebody else. They followed him to this other tier. And then he walked through this closed gate. And so I've had some crazy experiences up in the attic where there were like 10 people. It still happens there all the time. And would you say that the uh, Ohio State Reformatory is the most haunted place in the state or no? It, it's up there, yes. And the other place that I wanted to ask you about, Franklin Castle, a very unique looking structure on the west side of Cleveland. It looks like a castle. And what have you experienced there? My team investigated there two nights. For us, it was a very calm feeling. I loved the, the place. It's, uh, I mean, it looks cool on the outside. It's cooler in the inside. We didn't have anything happen. Is there one particular place that you would like to go to? I know there's a lot of paranormal activity or anything like that. What is the place that you'd like to, to check out at some point in time? Uh, I've been to a lot, lot of places here in the United States. And yes, there are some extremely haunted places, but I want to go that one step further. I want to go you know, places that were built in like the 9th, 10th century, because I, I love history. Oh, sure. Is there an event or a place that stands out amongst your entire career that has to be the most haunted place I've ever been to? There was one place that was out in Indiana. It's a place called the Rhodes Hotel. We investigated it twice. People's whole demeanor changed when they're there. When you're in this place, 
it's like everybody's goal goes at everybody. But when you're away from it, it's like, wow, it's nice now. It was almost terrifying, but I would still go back. My wife and I were investigating up on the second floor and we heard a noise coming from the room. So I said, I'll go down and check it out. So I went down into the room, eerily quiet, turned around, came out. And as soon as I went through the threshold, it felt like something just, I had this burning intense pain across my neck. <laughs> and I screamed out. My wife came running and I couldn't speak. I was just holding my neck with my hands, you know, choking. Yeah. And uh, eventually, you know, the pain subsided. And I'm like, it felt like I just got slashed. I mean, I've never had an experience like that before. Well, Greg, the, uh, very interesting stuff. And I uh, appreciate you joining us. Would you mind sticking around? We have a Halloween-themed version of the matchup game. Would you mind joining us for that? Oh, sure. Sounds fun. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Here we go with another collection of the news you really need to be aware of. It's Klops Clips. We'll start with this one. 93-year-old Georgia May Atkins of Minnesota passed away last month. Her obituary made headlines. At the end of it, it read, quote, in lieu of flowers, Georgia prefers that you do not vote for Trump. <laughs> I have one last request. One last request. So as we head up to the election, that's making headlines. Travis Geiger of Minnesota says he's spent a lot of time cooped up at home because of COVID-19, and he spent that time in the pumpkin patch in his backyard. He says he watered his plants and pumpkins up to 10 times a day while feeding and fertilizing them at least twice a day. That's the secret to his win at the 47th World Championship Pumpkin Wayoff in California. His pumpkin came in at a whopping 2,350 pounds. What? Holy 2,350 wow. pounds. Here's a question. He's in Minnesota. The way off is in California. What does it take <laughs> to transport a 2,300 pound pumpkin across the country? Is know, that, is a, a, does a pickup truck handle that? I, I would uh, think You gotta so. have that or a pretty, Pretty big a trailer, I would say. Yeah. So, wow. I don't know. I mean, that's an impressive pumpkin. I'm not sure if I'd want to have the pumpkin pie from that pumpkin. I'm concerned that maybe some steroids are involved and I would have to have <laughs> the pee test. Uh, yeah. So, I, can they check for steroids in that case? I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Sticking with records, a German man has set a Guinness World Record. This record is for most body modifications, things like tattoos, piercings, and subdermal implants. Rolf Buckholz's record is 453 body modifications, including 158 just around his lips. He says he plans to continue altering his body, and since setting the record, he is now up to 516 body modifications. I imagine his parents are very proud of him. <laughs> well, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Yep. 
A Michigan man's mistake was very fortuitous. The man accidentally bought two identical Mega Millions tickets. He meant to purchase one ticket with numbers that are family birthdays. He forgot to save the numbers in the app for future use and went back in to enter them. Wound up with another ticket. As luck would have it, both numbers hit for a million bucks apiece. Wow, what a mistake. Great yeah. work. I wish I could make a mistake like that. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's outstanding. Very lucky. How about this one, Ken? A rapper used Instagram and a music video to brag about getting rich by committing unemployment fraud. Fontrell Baines goes by the name Nuke Bizzle. And in a music video, he shows a stack of envelopes from California's Employment Development Department that apparently contain debit cards. As he flaunts them, he says, quote, he's gonna go to the bank with a stack of these. Social media viewers are not the only ones to take note of Nuke Bizzle's claims. Investigators spotted the online info and Bizzle has been arrested. Federal prosecutors say he and his co-conspirators fraudulently obtained at least 92 debit cards worth more than a $1.2 million. Bizzle, or Frontrell Baines, faces up to 22 years in prison. Bizzle or Baines is busted. You know, the numerous times I've infracted on the law, I always think the best thing to do after you do that and you get away with it or you think you get away with it, go online and let everybody know. Every time. Put it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Just let them know. In fact, this is probably a good point in the show to say this. If you have committed a crime and would like to talk about it, you could be a guest on Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. Send us a Facebook message or a Twitter message, and we will get you on the show so you can brag. We might have other people on the show with us, and as soon as you tell us the story, you will be arrested. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, bizzle, bizzle, fizzle, drizzle. Uh, that's that's my rap. Busted. That. Yeah. And that... Bizzle Bane's busted. ...is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. You. Ted, one of your favorite segments this week in Cleveland history. Love we will turn to November 3rd, 1964. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Mayor Ralph S. Locker bans rock bands from performing at... What's the guy's name? Ralph S. Locker. Locker? I don't even know her. <laughs> well, he bans bands from performing at publicly owned venues such as Cleveland Public Hall because according to Locker, quote, such groups do not add to the community's culture or entertainment. Mm -hmm. Wow. The band followed two infamous concerts at Public Hall on February 9th, 1964. The Beatles drew about 11,000 people, many of whom rushed the stage, causing the show to be stopped for 10 minutes. Bands are also standing on seats that were collapsing. Then on November 3rd of that year, the Rolling Stones drew a smaller but boisterous crowd of about 1,000 people. Again, the police had to stop the show at one point 
and a 17-year-old girl fell from the balcony. Oh, boy. She was not seriously injured. That night, the mayor put the ban into effect, and it stood for almost two years. In the summer of 1966, the ban was lifted by the same mayor, Ralph Locker. How about that? Hmm. Rock and roll capital of the world. And we banned concerts. Is that amazing or what? I didn't know that story. That's, that's very interesting. Well, have you ever been in public hall? I have, actually. Amazing facility. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. It's a unique yeah. place. Yeah, it is. I actually ran a track meet there. If you really? can believe that, on the, the Knights on the of floor Columbus. Of the main, uh... Yes. Wow. The Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus <laughs> had a track meet for kids and then high school kids, too, which I don't know if they still have it or not, but we actually ran one of our meets one time at Public Hall. It was pretty neat. Well, if you're not familiar with Public Hall, great place. It's where they've held the Rock Hall of Fame induction ceremonies yes. when they've been in Cleveland. And to think that for a period of time, rock concerts were banned because of the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, two all-time great rock and roll bands. I don't know that we can find anything more ironic. No, that's unbelievable. Irony can be pretty ironic. Is it ironic? <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Love it. Well, Ted, that's this week in Cleveland history. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsterav.com or give them a call, 216-325-6960. Fantasy football. Fantasy football now as we are ready to take a look at how things are going so far this this season. I am Chancellor Klopp, joined, of course, by Ken Dworznik and our resident alleged fantasy football expert, Eowyn Adams, who won our league last year. Eowyn, you're struggling a little bit this year. <laughs> yes, 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 I am. I, I, I fully admit that I'm definitely having some struggles I lost again this week, so I believe I am two and five at this point. Yeah, you're one game out of the basement. Let's not sugarcoat it. You're one game out of the basement. Well, it didn't help me that my opponent had Tyler Lockett, who had in our league, I think, 38 points. So that, hmm. that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for me. What, well, what are your reasons for the other five, four losses? Well, it's a combination of, of some injuries that we've all experienced. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons would be Ken. <laughs> No. But I say in my other league, I'm six and one. So maybe it's just the chancellor has cursed me by having me on the show. I don't know. I see. Oh. It's all my fault. Okay. Boom. All right. Boom. Is this like the Madden cover curse? Is that what we're Could saying be. this is? Could be. Well, speaking of curses and bets and things like that, Aylin, we, we, we had to <clears throat> Photoshop a picture of you with some leaves following a loss earlier this season to your fiance, 
Can you offer an explanation as to why we didn't actually see you raking any leaves? Well, unfortunately, work ruins everything, and I had to make a couple trips mm-hmm. following my loss and you know the bet that I was supposed to fulfill for work. So by the time I got back, our yard guy had done the leaves already, so there is, you have it. Is the yard guy's name Ken? No. Oh, okay. No, his name. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We, no names, please. Well, Ken, what are, what are your thoughts on the league so far? I somehow this week, luckily I played two players this week. Terry McLaurin, he had a big week, but uh, Claypool from the Steelers, yeah, nothing, uh-huh. zero. Tag on that one, yeah. And then my best running back, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, he's been great all year, three point one points this past week. But luckily I was able to find a way to get past. Uh, no punt intended. So I'm uh, three and four. And uh, we're cautiously optimistic. That's the way I feel because every week I'm probably going to play the wrong player. So the uh, top team in the league is six and one. We have two teams at five and two, and then a couple teams at four and three. Those are the so we have five teams out of twelve that are above five hundred at this point. Ch- uh, Chancellor, I have a quick question for yes, you. Yes, sir. Thank you for how, addressing me correctly. How did you How did you fare this week? By the way. Well, on the plus side, I scored 102 points, 102.3 points to be accurate. Unfortunately, my opponent scored 139 and a half points, the Holy highest cow. score this week. And I don't know, I'd have to check to see if that was the highest score of the season. But What's that uh, team's lost. record that you lost to? What's that team's record? That te- I gave them their first win. That team is oh, now okay. one and six. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Now that we've all commiserated about how things are going, uh, Ao and what do you have any uh, pickups yeah. that we can pilfer from you? Yeah, so I mean, it's still just a weird season, right? So, so I'm going to chalk up my horrible record to the fact that it's just an odd season. And um, as you know, we've got a ton of injuries, and you throw COVID in there, uh, so it just it just seems to keep getting uh, worse and worse when it comes to injuries. I think all of us in the Cleveland area know by now that uh, OBJ is out for the season with a torn ACL. Someone worth picking up is going to be Rashard Higgins. I mean, he looked great on Sunday. I believe he had six catches for 110 yards, so he would be a great one to pick up. Also, a few running backs for you to consider on my list. I've got three Carlos Hyde for Seattle. Chris Carson, he's been injured on and off. I know he had a goal to play the entire season. Looks like that's not going to happen. And Hyde stepped in. He had uh, 68 yards and a touchdown. He'd be a great pickup. Giovanni Bernard in Cincinnati. Um, Joe Mixon is out with an injury. He for sure will not be back uh, this week. So uh, Bernard would be a a great pickup um, until Mixon returns. And then lastly, Jermichael Hasty from San Francisco, another great option. Uh, 49ers, man, they've had all kinds of injuries. So Jeff Wilson's going out on the IR, and uh, Hasty would be another great pickup. He's going to see a lot of carries along with uh, Jarek McKinnon in the backfield. So at this point, it sounds like all your pickups, uh, we're just ambulance chasing at this point. Is that it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just just one quick stat here, which is crazy. The 49ers have 14 players on the injured list so far for 2020. It's a mash unit. Yeah. 
That's yeah. And I think they were definitely thinking another, another Super Bowl, right? This year. So they pounded New England. So that is true. They ought to be thinking about their health insurance. (laughs) Get uh, Tim Misney. That's uh, from what I understand, uh, he'll make you pay. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. All right. Well, thank you for the uh, insight, Aowen. Best of luck, and we will check in with you again later this season to see how things are going. Well, thank you, Aowen. Thank you. Have a great week. <sighs> Fantasy football. <laughs> It's game time now. We are back with Greg Faketic, the paranormal investigator. Greg, do you have a Ouija board nearby to help with the game here by any chance? You're not going to uh, use any any special things, are you? Uh, no Ouija board here, sorry. Okay, okay, very good. All right, well, anyhow, we're going to play matchup. I have a series of questions. I'm going to ask you for your answer, and as you give your answer, We'll record it, and then Ken has already stepped away. He is in our <clears throat> soundproof booth, and we'll bring him back and see who, have, who who matches my answers the most. So we'll begin with your first answer. I'm going to put – I got 30 seconds on my clock here. So these, some of these are Halloween themes, so here we go. Okay. Name a Halloween decoration to put outside your house. Tombstone. What is the best Halloween movie? Halloween. Clowns make me blank. Scared. Name something a cowboy would hate to lose. His hat. Name something at the beach. Beach balls. Favorite snack at a movie theater. Popcorn. All right, so there's 30 seconds. Ken, you can come back on. All right, here I am. All right, there we go. I heard nothing, by the way. Yeah, you were in the soundproof booth, right? I was. Okay, sure. (laughs) Ken, I can tell you that Greg matched three of the six questions we got to. So you have to do better than six. Got some work here. We'll see what what happens. So I have 30 seconds. I think you're in good shape. I would not be nervous at all. 30 seconds on the clock, and we will start with your first answer. Okay. Name a Halloween decoration to put outside your house. Uh, cobweb. What is the best Halloween movie? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Clowns make me blank. Confused. Name something a cowboy would hate to lose. His hat. Name something at the beach. An umbrella. Favorite snack at a movie theater. M&M's. What is your preferred writing instrument? A pen. There we go. All right, Ken. So Greg got three out of six. I'm going to review all the questions and answers real quick here, and we'll see if you do better than Greg. First question was, name a Halloween decoration to put outside your house. Greg said a tombstone. Ken said cobwebs. I said pumpkin. We got one there. Okay. What is the best Halloween movie? Greg said Halloween. Ken said Nightmare on Elm Street. I said Halloween. So Greg gets one there. 
Ken, you're, you're, you're not, <laughs> not looking good here so far, but we'll see Thank what you. happens. Clowns make me blank. Greg said scared. Ken said confused. I said laugh. <laughs> Next one, name something a cowboy would hate to lose. Greg said hat. Ken said hat. I said hat. <laughs> so two to one. Name something at the beach. Greg said beach balls. Ken said umbrella. I said sand. <laughs> Favorite snack at a movie theater. Greg said popcorn. Ken said M&Ms. And I said popcorn. All right. So uh, you've already lost, but you did answer one okay. more question in the 30 seconds. What is your preferred writing instrument? You said pen. And I also said pen. So the scoreboard will reflect that you only lost by one. But nonetheless, the paranormal investigator, Greg Fikennett, <laughs> triumphed here on matchup. And congratulations, Greg. Uh, it's, you say you don't have a Ouija board nearby. So I'll, uh, I'll see if we can uh, <clears throat> get one in the mail to you. If it doesn't show up, uh, probably a ghost took it. So right. don't worry about that. Now, if folks are interested, they think that there might be something going on in their home, they might want you to come and take a look at it. What's the best way to contact you? What should they do? Just go to our website, uh, www.tcghohio.org. Well, Greg, thank you very much. Very interesting stuff. We really appreciate it. I don't know that I've ever talked to a guy who's had his throat slashed and lived to tell about it. <laughs> and again, I, I don't know that I've ever talked to anybody who's had their throat slashed, so I don't know. There you go. But appreciate your time today, and thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was fun. Well, Ken, another great show, and I'm glad Greg Faketic did not bring a Ouija board. That would have been a little concerning for me. I was, I was a little on edge. I wasn't sure how scared I would be, but boy, he's got some great stories and, and all that. I, I can't read. I, I actually recently got his book and I, I can't wait to dig into that because my gosh, those, some of the stories that he's talked about and all that stuff, I'm very, I was very impressed with what he had to bring to the table. That's interesting. Him and his wife obviously go to and do this together too. So I don't think many couples would be expecting to, you know, how are you going to spend your time? We're going to sit and see if we experience anything with some paranormal activity tonight. Oh, sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, here we go. Some couples watch movies. Some couples go out for dinner. And then some couples sit in haunted houses and wait for rocking chairs to move. That's exactly right. All right it's cool. It's, he, was, he was great. No, I, Very I really fascinating. Yeah. All right, Ken. Well, we did it last week. We're going to do oh. it again this week. We have our COVID meter for Cuyahoga County. Yep. Let's take a listen. Here it is. I, I don't know how to interpret that, Ken. That's a little, uh, I, I don't know what happened there. No, that's, uh, that's not good, Ted. Yeah, well, kind of fits, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Hey, who's on the show next week? We have Scott Fedor. Great story from Scott. I don't know if anyone knows it, but uh, he unfortunately had an accident a few years back and has been paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, we had the, we'll have the opportunity to talk to him. To, he's going to tell us about his story. He had a book come out, an audio book come out as well. So uh, looking forward to for speaking with him. Great guy. I had the opportunity to go to high school with him. We've been friends for a long time. And uh, he's just a very motivational person. I look forward to talking to him on the show next week. And by this time next week, 
who am I kidding? We're not going to know who the president is by this time next No. Week. Come on. Set us up How that silly way. of me. This is going to be carrying on for weeks. You know we, 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 it could be uh, January 1st of 2021. By the way, okay. I do have a quick story. Oh, please. So watch out. I had a scam call last night. So I did the mail-in vote thing with my ballot. Send okay. it in, yeah, did the whole it. thing. It's actually a good way to go because then you could sit there and look at the different topics, pick the people you want. You could go on the internet. You could take your time. So I get a call yesterday from someone that's claiming to be a volunteer, claiming that they did not receive my ballot. Mm. I said, okay. He said, well, we, we have your information and we realized that you did not put your birth date on the ballot. Mm. So your ballot is null and void. Mm-hmm. I said, really? I said, yep. So you're going to have to go to the polling place. So I said to the person, I said, how do you know my ballot's not valid? I just turned it in yesterday. Mm. Silence on the phone. Nothing. Mm. They said, well, you know, we, we just have these figures. I said, my ballot's in. Thank you very much. So I, just so people know, there is scams out there <clears throat> to have you go out and vote again even though you've already voted for some different reason, I don't know if that's going to affect the numbers or if it's going to cause a problem or whatever. You just got to be conscious of the phone calls you get because people are trying to pull all kinds of crazy stuff out there. It was a very weird phone call yesterday. Very odd. Was this person Russian or Chinese or anything like that? No, no, no. As you know, they said that the Russians and the Chinese are trying to affect the... Yep. Nope. They were, they had the Ohio accent, I guess. Ohio accent. Okay. Yes. Vote, vote early and vote often. Well, and only vote once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Ken, let's uh, close it out. Absolutely. Ted, we are just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV custom audio visual packages for all occasions.